Hello and welcome to the Dad Jeans Podcast. My name is Didon, and along with my co-hosts, Harris and Brian, each episode will unpack, examine, and discuss the DNA of healthy fathering. While all three of us are fathers, the road to fatherhood has been different for each of us. It's our hope that those differences and the perspectives they bring will only add to the conversation. Thanks for listening. In this episode, we continue our celebration of fatherhood communities with a roundtable discussion featuring two friends of the podcast. We welcome back Dr. David Miles and welcome first-time guest and dad-to-be, Carlton Fairley. We'll chat about superpowers we give fathers, some of our challenges, and who we're honoring this Father's Day. But before we do all that, let's check in. Gentlemen, what's good? Hey. How's it going? What's popping? Hey, How's ha- it going? Happy to be here. Happy to be here. So yes. this is June. Father's Day is around the corner or depending on when you listen to this was a little while ago. Either way, <laughs> um, one of the things that we're excited to do this month is to celebrate community and particularly as it relates to fathers. And so... You'll hear a little bit more about how we're doing that today, but uh, I am happy to welcome back uh, Dr. David Miles. Yeah. All right. Good to be here. Thanks uh, for having that, me back. It's, that's a, a, it's radio a true voice. honor. Yeah. That's a radio voice. I, I was going to say, with his Billy D voice. <laughs> I know. Before Trying to catch up to Brian, man. Brian and his sister was, was holding it down. Step my game up. Well done, well done. Land and uh, I'm also super excited to welcome a dad-to-be, yes. Carlton Fairley. Carlton, welcome. Hey, good brother. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Yeah, yeah. So we will, we will check in with Dave to see what he's been up to, and we'll learn a little bit more about Carlton in a bit. But before we do that, let's check in. So gentlemen, uh, last episode, we talked about our mental health, and I think it, it was a really good way to, to start off the conversation. So we'll do it again. Um, Brian, I think last time you said uh, you had a one to ten uh, range, so let's let's go with that. So, how are you guys feeling, uh, mental health wise, on a on a range of one being in a good space and ten being more stressed? I gotta say, this is this is a good week. Uh, my last day at my old job was last Friday, and I start the new job. Uh, the the first of June, and I took a week off, and this is that week. So my number would be a solid, uh, with one being great. I would say I'm I'm at a four. I'm at a four. You just, you it, just switched it up on us. Did I? It's it's weird, man. It it throws me off. So wait, wait, wait. one is terrible. One is great, right? <laughs> one is great. Ten is ten is. So four. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Um, I think you know what, what what's keeping it from being great is um, health. I don't know if any of you guys have this. Uh, sometimes you, as soon as you take a break, it's like your body's like, oh, now I can get sick. Uh, so like my first couple of days, uh, I said this was worse than COVID. You know, <laughs> uh, well at least the COVID vaccine. You know, so that was weird. But today, today's a good day. Today's a good day. Sometimes it feels like the adrenaline that we use to keep us going is the thing that's keeping the bugs away. And, exactly. And the second, 
we kind of set down, everything kicks in. Yep. Precisely. I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, you know, this was an interesting weekend for me. And uh, I would say I got to maybe a five or six, but now I'm, I'm in a three-ish, four-ish range um, nice. as well. Yeah. After, after teasing y'all about pollen beating y'all up, I, um, <laughs> I spent a lot of time uh, by the water this weekend and allergies, sneaky heat without being hydrated. Um, it was a one-two punch that just kind of took me out on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling better now. Um, but, you know, when my energy is low, then everything else seems to be magnified a bit. So um, I'm getting back down now, but it was tough for a while. I hear you. I would say I'm, again, compartmentalizing it. Shout out to my therapist. So I'm going to focus on the health front. Um, I would say I'm at about a, a four, a three, four. Um, when baby girl sleeps, that means that we're able to sleep. Um, you know, so that's, that's helping a lot. You know, it's not the, the eight hours but it's definitely not the hour and a half and two hours and then the the last hour before we have to get up. And so all in all on the, on, on the, on the health front, um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been good, man. It's, it's really been good. Eating more greens, um, had a couple of meals this week um, that were just protein and vegetables. So that was, that was definitely huge. Cut out some of the carbs and, um, just being more intentional with what you can put in the air fryer uh, and press the button and uh, it comes out baked and then you, you got a whole head of broccoli in there and it's just like, this is crunchy and it's good. So that's, those are all positives. Okay. We, we are at the phase of our life when saying like a couple days of not eating carbs is a huge win. You know, like, Huge. I don't know if y'all did sports or whatever, but a little bit of sports I did do, I could say, oh, you know, man, I'm going to do it this week. I'm just do, I'm just, just do protein. But now, listen, two days, bruh, you might as well have ran a marathon. Congrats. I mean, it's huge because, I mean, ain't nothing like bread with meat. <laughs> ain't nothing like bread with meat, Jack. <laughs> But, you know, you just got to work your way out of it, man. So I'm, I'm just trying to slowly but surely get back in that mindset, um, you know, because we got to we got to we got to get healthy, stay healthy. Um, so that's the that's the goal. Get them fiber pills, man. We good on that accord. Prune juice. <laughs> <laughs> that's working quite well, Jack. Next. <laughs> oh, man. What about you, Carlton? I think right now I am dialing down the middle. Um, mm-hmm. I know that, that might not be a fair answer, um, but I got, I mean, I got, I have, I have many blessings. I had a wonderful weekend. I thank D-Don for his services. Uh, uh, he helped me greatly with our baby shower, which nice. was a picnic nice. or BYOP picnic. Um, and it was right there in West Potomac, West Potomac Park, uh, right by that water. So thank you, sir, for sacrificing and, your 
all your respiratory system and all that good stuff because I know it was it was it was a good weekend because it wasn't too humid and there was yeah. cloud cover on Saturday and still 90s so it was you know it was good so had a good weekend it was the first time I've been out with the people intentionally and um, it was good to see some faces that I hadn't seen in a while um, good to see that those faces were still around because you know the the purge was real. Yes, and, not a given. And uh, was, I mean, I have a lot to be thankful for. Um, going to a wedding this weekend, so and it's good to see that love is still thriving out here. So I'm just uh, you know making the best of all scenarios. For sure. Look, any anybody who. Can can stay down the middle with a baby uh, on the way in T minus any moment. Yes, that's a win. That's a win. Maybe I know not what I've conjured. Well, you know, you will <laughs> soon enough, there. brother. You getting there, Dave? How you feeling? Now, personally, um, really no complaints. Things things are clicking professionally um, on that front. Been listening to the podcast, and one of the things that. I've identified with over the year that y'all have been at this. Uh, Harris mentions that he's an empath, and I see some of those tendencies in myself. Mm-hmm. And how that translates is that, you know, even though things are clicking well for me, if somebody else is not doing what they want to do professionally or otherwise, it, that affects me, particularly those closest to me. So, um, yeah, I'm just, it's, it's in a weird space. Like, I'm not doing well, but I want everybody to do well, and uh, we'll continue to work toward that end. So uh, no complaints. We still have a roof over our heads, food in our belly. Um, that is good. Exactly. That's that's all I got. Yo, Dave, I always have this question, but I, it, it seems especially pertinent for you. You know, as a, a pediatrician and as an elected official, um, if if you're an empath on top of all that, how do you create a barrier for your own just kind of mental space, you know, um, as a doctor, I'm certain that you want all your, your, your patients to flourish and those who you represent, you know, you want to be calm and steady in terms of their leadership, but sometimes that's not what they bring to you. How do you, how do you manage that? I think that many of the professional aspects I can silo pretty well. I mean, there are daily stresses at work, similarly on, on the, the, you know, the public service side, the, the, the stuff that you deal with, the the shenanigans and, and, and stuff. I mean, I guess it's, I kind of know what to expect in that regard. I think those closest to me affect me most, right? Family and close friends. If, if they're not doing well, that, that hits me. I, I haven't, I haven't been able to silo that as a, you know, when I was growing up, like striving high school, college, trying to get to the next level, I, I was really selfish and me focused. So what was happening outside of me, what didn't really matter to me as much, but the older I get, I find that, um, I don't know, maybe it's because I recognize my own frailty, like uh, on an unrelated note. So I had a fall when we had that ice or, you know, the, mm. the, the, the snow and it melted. And I'm still recovering. That's been like two months ago. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? As a kid, you get hit, you know, uh, Brian knows, you know, in the football, you get, you take a hit, like you, you're good in the, yeah, in the day. But man, so perhaps it's recognized my own mortality and, yeah. and that of my parents. Um, I don't know what it is. It's, it's, it has been a little more difficult to silo with those close close to me. And perhaps it's one of those things 
Um, and I'll end here. As much as I'm an empath, I also know I'm a control freak, right? So uh, there are things where, you know, in, in the workspace, I know I have control over to some extent. And yeah, that, and there, there's some a certain level of an ability to kind of remove myself and, and know that I've done all I can do. But family, it's yeah, I have no control over it or I don't have as much control. So I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a weird space. Definitely tracks with that. Uh, you control what you can just as a survival mechanism, you know, because um, next thing you know, if you just let everything go, your head feels like it's going to pop off your shoulders. Uh, you know, so, you know, hearing you, you know, even with me, I'm thinking, you know, some of that wisdom must just must come with time and experience, you know, because I think Didon asked me that question like six months ago and I was like, I don't know, some ask me questions. Is that <laughs> You're not helping. Uh, <laughs> the infamous question of the week. Right, right. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, we can we can jump into that because I'm interested to get you guys' takes, particularly with fathers today, um, upon us. The question of the week is this. There's, there's a new dad. Maybe it's you um, going back in time. Maybe it's somebody else. But there's, there's a new dad and you're able to give him one superpower. Right. It could be a physical superpower, like, you know, ability to get eight hours worth of sleep in two minutes, or it can be a mental superpower or an emotional superpower. But you can only give him one. And, it, and it's to help him on his fatherhood journey. What, what do you give him? Like his whole fatherhood journey or like just this new? <laughs> I knew it would be you, Harris. I knew it would be you. <laughs> And, and 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 what you're gonna do next is you're gonna split this superpower into five different powers. Exactly. You... Exactly. Yeah. You know, part of being an empath is that you can have multiple <laughs> perspectives. So you know. Hey, fellas, don't make fun of me. I play football. <laughs> Harris. <laughs> you, can, you can answer the question, brother. However, you want. Anyway. Um, all right. I'm gonna say you know. Just a season of, you know, just having a baby, not needing to be able to sleep and still function at full capacity. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I guess it's not self-explanatory, but uh, that sleep deprivation is, is, is some kind of special. Uh, you know, you, I, always tell, I always tell, I guess, new fathers that um, it, it makes you realize that you're limited. And you have to find peace with that. But still, if I if I just didn't need that sleep, I felt like I could be there. Uh, yeah, be there for my wife, be there for my child, be there for myself. Quietly, that would be helpful now. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm just thinking a whole third of my day extra? That, that, I could do some things. Okay. Anybody else got one? Well, I have, I'm going to piggyback on the sleep. <clears throat> I would want the sleep to be a full, a real recharge as part of the superpower. And if I were going to, the, the, my, mine would be to read minds. Because Ooh. some people on the opposite side can be mm -hmm. a little confusing from time to time. Or you Man, might you got a lot of stuff you're not saying that you are saying. <laughs> 
listen, that's a gift and a curse. Because I would then be like, how do I, how do I block my ability to read minds? It, it, it will be a curse. It is probably more so a curse. Well, that's what I, they say. Like your greatest strength is also your greatest curse. So, like mm. you'll be sitting there, like I know what she's thinking. I didn't want to know what she was thinking. I didn't want to know. I really didn't want to know. <laughs> you thought it was a three. It's a ten. Yeah, that's an eleven. Okay. Okay. To um, to piggyback off a of, off a of Carlton, the superpower would be the ability to reason and the ability to not take her reactions personally, and so to always toe the line, like right in the middle of still being able to see what needs to be done and act and not go over to the other side where it's just like, I can't do nothing right. I just walked in the house and it's already started. I, I was going to say something similar. I think the ultimate superpower is actually attainable, which is bizarre, is grace. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, Christianity is seen by some outsiders pretty, you know, straightforward. You can get forgiven for all your sins, but grace is huge. Forgiveness, like if you can do that and extend grace when you're tired, uh, when you're right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, have a good, I have a good buddy says sometimes it just doesn't need to be said. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes you just uh, bite your words, but man... That's like two grace to get you through. I haven't had certain, I'm so far from it, but I think, uh, yeah, grace would be huge. To, to, the ability to extend grace, to be clear. You know what's funny, Dave, is you use the words true grace because I have found that I'm the master of fake grace. Mm. Like I'm good at giving grace, but then like try me again and I'm like, I forgave you for that other thing. And I'm like, oh, I guess I didn't actually let it go. It's, it's still down in there. Um, so yeah, no, the ability to, to let something go um, and give true grace, yeah, that's uh, that would be a superpower indeed. Harris, are you going to say something? Yeah, I just wanted to thank Dave because I was hearing all of our answers and I was like, man, we make a great psychopath. <laughs> uh, but but then Dave came in for the for the win and brought in the grace piece. So I'll, yeah, thank you. Can I throw yeah. another one in there? And it's interesting because we all thought about what we would give ourselves, but also the gift in parenting is what we would give to our spouse. So it's almost like if I have that ability to have a superpower, that superpower I would then want to give to my wife. So, so that you can get some sleep. <laughs> yes, but it's just it, but it's coming from a place of you want to be able to share that superpower mm-hmm. to alleviate some of what she is going through, right? You know that's the thing, right? Because if you have a superpower, and this is what happens in a lot of relationships, especially from the men that I know, we always feel like we're the ones being worked on. Okay, we're the ones that can't do nothing right. We're the ones that are always being told what we're doing wrong. We'd always, right? And like, let us pick out one thing. Hey, can you pick that up? I pick up stuff for you all the time. Like, it's just like. <laughs> Brian, let me, let me ask you, bro. Yeah. How much of that, because I've experienced that as well. Yeah. But how much of that was you putting that pressure on yourself to get it right the first time or to get it right early? I would say 
it was 90% because you think that since it's the two of y'all, you control everything that happens, right? Mm. And, and over time, you begin to realize that it is truly 50-50. But when it is not 50-50, it's you just got to step up, right? Because the other person may be tired, the other person may this, whatever, whatever it may be. Right now, I have to take a step back a lot of times and recognize that there are many factors that are contributing to that ratio. Sure. And so it's essentially, you know, you can, you can have a moment with your spouse and be, you're trying to think of the antecedent, like what, where did this come from? But what you may not recognize is that she may have had a conversation with her mom a couple of days ago that's still lingering. And this is how it comes out when you are engaging. Or it could have been, you know what, uh, you know, she got cut off on the road. Like it could just be a number of things. And so it's like in that moment, the most important thing is not trying to figure out why this is happening, but to listen to, and this is where I struggle because I'm sitting there trying to listen to like, how do I fix it? What did I do wrong? Like I, it, I don't have all the answers because I, listen, I struggle with that today or struggle with that anyway. So I don't know. So, and I'll, I'll be short with mine. Go, oh, go ahead, Harris. I'm sorry. And I just wanted to say, um, that's kind of why like child number two is, well, for me, child number two was a lot easier because I knew that I would get my wife back. Man, you've told me that millions of times and I'm sitting there like, man, what the heck you talking about? And it's like, just be patient. Like, so for those patient. who are just hearing it, exp- flesh that out, Harris. So, child, after the first time of going through it and you know taking things personal, child number two, if you were paying attention, you know, if you if you, if you had even an internal journal, <laughs> you 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 recognize the patterns. And I remember like the day when I got my wife back. It it was. And when I say got my wife back, and for for our scenario, um, Mally was also nursing, so not until she she finished nursing, I would say we just got back on our old rhythm, and you know the feeling irritated and all of that, um, it just decreased. And a lot of other fathers have said they've had similar experiences, um, so I just know I was at peace. Now, did that transfer to her? Did she feel that peace? I don't know. But I know that um, I reduced the stress in general because I wasn't as reactive. As Dedon says a lot, I spent a lot of time as a thermostat instead of a thermometer uh, like I was the first time. Not to put you on the spot, Harris, but do you recall approximately how, how long that process took for Mallory? Oh, absolutely. The, Harris the, has the... it down to the minute. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, was a, a clear December bad evening. Night. A clear white. No, um, so it was like I said, we well, Mallory nursed Nicia up until a month before her uh first birthday. And with Stella, and and this is actually unfortunate because Stella had all those allergies. Mallory had to stop nursing maybe I think two months in, because it turns out that even her milk. Um, it was causing causing an allergic reaction, so it was only two months for Stella. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, this so could the birthing a... process, you know, being pregnant and then 
you know, up to when we finished nursing. Interesting. Okay. So real quick, so we can jump into the actual conversation. The superpower that I would give is the ability to see your child for who your child really is. I think that a lot of fathers um, make the mistake, a lot of parents make the mistake of seeing their child for who they think their child is or who they want their child to be uh, or who they weren't. Um, And a lot of times, a lot of the disconnects come um, from those moments when you rec- when you recognize your child for who they are and it's not who you expected them to be. And um, I-, I just think that if you can see your child for who they really are earlier, then then you can tailor your parenting style to their actual needs as opposed to what you just want for them. So, thank you, fellas. Um, so, yeah, we got two guests. I want to jump in, but before we um, we shoot the questions around. One of the things that we always ask um, our new guest, Carlton, is what their six-word memoir is. It gives us an opportunity to learn a bit about you. Um, and so without further ado, what's your six-word memoir? There's a lot of pressure on this one. <laughs> uh, I, I try to, in the past, I try to um, make a, uh, a mission statement for myself. So I kind of I kind of lost track of that in the recent journey. So I tried to tr- uh, to channel those vibes again. Um, I'm just in pursuit or to, I'm trying to be in pursuit of life's joyous abundance. It's actually seven, but you know, just ignore no the editor problem. here. <clears throat> gotcha. Be in pursuit of life's joyous abundance. What does That's that mean to you? Um, there's too much good in my current in my current life or in my life where I shouldn't let the small boggle me down and lock me up in my head. I, I want to always be pursuing the things that make me happy. And I know for a fact that there is joyous abundance out there. Um, nothing, the, the things that are worth having are not limited. Um, and the things that are joyous are not limited. And I know and believe that I can um, have that, but I've also got to pursue it. So it's got to be intentional. That's what's up. I appreciate that. Yeah. Knowing that you are days away hours away. What are some of the emotions that you are currently experiencing? I'm very, I'm, I am very happy. Um, a lot of, to know me, you might not know it. Um, I have this stern face and even my relaxed face is just, it can be like a meme mug, but I am happy. Uh, I just admit I'm in my head a lot. <clears throat> How so? Like, what do you mean? I'm trying to, again, this is a pursuit to be better. It's a a pursuit to think about the good first rather than the bad. Um, Not every scenario or not every situation is going to be uh, the worst case scenario. Most times things go just. I don't need to always plan for the bad. 
um, primarily. I need to be aware that some things can happen, um, but that doesn't mean that that joyous abundance isn't right there at the front of it. Mm-hmm. So the how I mean the the feeling is I don't know if I, I wasn't ready for that question because I don't I don't I don't have a I don't know about feelings I just have thoughts and I just know that I want to be a good dad like I don't like I'm not scared. This is something that I've wanted for so long. Um, I, I just have this image of me holding a swaddled baby and just patting its patting its back. Mm-hmm. Um, and my friend, my best friend's son, just celebrated his seventh birthday. Time flies, and it's just like you got to be present in all these moments. Yeah. And I just want to make sure that I don't overanalyze. I just stay present and just enjoy. Life as it comes. I'm happy. Trying to stay present. It all makes sense. Yeah. It, no, it all makes sense. And listening to Carlton's answer, um, it, it makes me wonder for the rest of you guys. Um, you know, Carlton's, one of his markers of being a good father is, is, is taking care of that swaddled baby. I know for me, I envisioned walking up and picking Ella up from, well, picking my child up from school. You know, just the, the, the walking, and particularly walking, not a drive up, for whatever reason in my mind's eye. What are some of those, those kind of mental indicators of, of fatherhood that you've held on to or that you've kind of created as kind of, you know, street signs that you are on the right direction? I, I know for me, it's my daughter's, asking me my opinion <laughs> so you know for <laughs> advice <laughs> uh, i used real. to i used to work with uh middle schoolers a lot that like that was my favorite group to work with like a lot of people were like ah middle schoolers but i love them and uh every so often there'll just be this moment of vulnerability and uh yeah it's i i want them to trust me enough to to at least want to hear my opinion you know, I don't want to create such a barrier uh, where they, they, they're viewing that, you know, this is Mufasa and I can't, <laughs> you know, I can't say anything to him, you know. Now I would say for me, and it's not directly correlated to sports, but it's that hour that we spend together. And over the course of the last four or five weeks has been through soccer. And, you know, I pack the, the bag. I got the snacks. I make sure that he has the water, right? I make sure the shin guards are there. We get to the, to the park. I put the shin guards on. He knows about cleats now. Before it's just shoes, now he's able to differentiate his cleats. And, you know, walking with him to the field, he's holding my finger. Like that, that. That means more to me in that moment. We could be walking to go do some gardening, right? And it's not about, like, you've never heard me and you will never hear me, good goals, son, or you scored a goal, son, as much as you're going to be the hardest working kid on this field. When your mom comes or your grandparents, they fans. It's not family. While you are on this field or while you are performing or while you are studying, it is all about that in that moment. 
And, um, you know, one of the best compliments I've gotten about, about Nas came at the last practice from the coaches. They just came over and they said that you are a really good coach for your son. Like, you know when to give him enough and you know when to ask for him to give you a little bit more. And he said at three years old, he said, this was the hardest working kid out here. And this was when it was 90 degrees outside. And of course, you know, he was looking at the cicadas and he wanted a cliff bar. But what all of that was... And what all of that meant for me was that walk from the car to the field. Like what the coach said mattered, but what mattered more was that coaches are always going to tell me about my son, but I'm not going to be able to have that moment where he's holding my finger. And it's just me and him as we're walking to that field. So mm-hmm. it's a really yeah. vivid picture, B. Yep. Dave, how about you, bro? I think I'm going to try to tie several things that y'all say it together, uh, and hopefully it, it makes sense. And I apologize at the outset if I go along, just cut me off. Um, but in terms of, oh, actually, first, let me say congrats to Carlton. Um, part of my yes. manners. That's huge, man. Anything we can do uh, online, offline, let us know. True. Um, it's huge. So much congrats to you and, and, and the mother. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Always, man. Um, Terms of, I, I forgot the question fully, but I think it's some, like a, a marker of fatherhood. Was that it, Dinan? It was. Got it. So uh, I'll unpack this a bit. So I'm, I'm a child of, of divorced parents. Each, each of my parents been married. They're on a third marriage. Um, growing up, I spent time between both households, growing up in Atlanta and Chicago. Um, and I say that to say that my time with my dad was limited. When I was in Chicago, it was like I had weekends with him and... Um, when we moved to Atlanta, I would just spend the summer out there. So my time with him was somewhat limited. And there comes a time, as y'all probably remember, you grow up, you have a cool friend or cool cousin that you'd rather hang out with. And I, I guess we had, my dad had scheduled something for us to do together as a family, my brother and I and him. Uh, but I really wanted to hang out with my cousin. And at that moment, for some reason, I knew that it kind of hurt him a little bit, but he never let it show. Mm. And never would tell me like, no, you can't do that. Even though my cousin was an active knucklehead, <laughs> you know, all the, all the, but he was big enough to, to, to remove himself for it, from it. And I'm, and I'm thoughtful about the topic of Father's Day more broadly. Like Father's Day was never big in, in my household. One, because I was often, sometimes I was there, but it was never like Mother's Day, as y'all know, like not the flowers and the food and stuff. I don't even know if I got gifts or got them gifts or cards, right? But he never, there, there was no complaints. You, you, you know what I mean? And, and so I guess I'm, I'm saying all this to say Mark of Fatherhood is being truly selfless. And it takes, it takes me back to a point that Harris made before about having your wife back. So when I was where you were, Carlton, I remember the day, the day before, the night before my wife, my wife gave birth. And I told her, this is super selfish. And as I mentioned at the outset, like I grew up being very selfish. It's all about me getting through school, so on and so forth. I told her, like, I, th- I think I'm losing my friend. Like, you know what I mean? And I, I, it's true in, in, at some level. Um, I think as my man told me, like, you become the third most important person in the house. And I've, mm-hmm. I've never dealt with that before. I didn't never know how that felt. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that was a source of a lot of frustration for me early on. Um, I'm s- still trying to come to grips with, with what that means. But for me, the, in this whole notion of growing up being selfish, being very self-centered, for me, the marker of fatherhood is going to sound mad simple, but um, my daughter's now at the age where she's like, she has desires, she has thoughts, she has things that she wants. 
Uh, and in 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 particular with food, she, she you know if she wants them, she would just take it. Um, which is cool, and, and it sounds petty, but as a kid, like don't take anything on my lunch tray. Like we're gonna have, we're gonna come fisticuffs. Like I'm coming for you. But there was no like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? This, it was just like, yeah, this is what you do. You know, you just sacrifice your for your little one. Um, I don't know. It's 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 weird. It's I'm trying to get to where my dad was. This 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 through and through being selfless, always showing up, being there. Like Brian said, having the cleats ready, doing all the prep work, and not seeking thanks. Um, yeah, just showing up. Um, I think is um, uh, my long-winded way of what fatherhood would be. No, that's solid. No, we appreciate Very. you taking the time to uh, to roll that out. Dave, how have you been, man? It's been uh, almost a year since the Healthy Legacies episode. Uh, what have you been up to? Man, there's a, a lot, as we mentioned in the you know, before we went on air, that kind of went out there and I was talking about working on a devotional with my wife, man. As I mentioned, we're just trying to make it. <laughs> we are um, probably more conservative than most families. Uh, we pulled our three-year-old out of daycare and do not intend to return her till you know she's immunized. Um, it seems a bit extreme, um, but it is you know it is what it is. And that's also had implications for you know, our ability to do social stuff with family and friends. We are hopefully going to get to a point where we'll, we will be able to do some travel. Wife got her immunization uh, a few weeks ago. Um, but it's, you know, all the precautions. I think it's it's great to have something to look forward to for anybody. Um, so on a personal, I think things are, are brighter. Uh, we're getting close to something that looks like normalcy. And hopefully, um, as I, I may have mentioned, there, there are some discussions that children as young as two might even be eligible for immunization later this year, which would be a game changer um, for, for multiple things. Um, so that's the, profes- the personal, the professional, everything's rock and roll. You know, we're... We're um, budget season, um, but things are looking a little better than they otherwise would. I think that, and I'll end here, um, there was a quote made by a progressive politician that they didn't realize that this administration would go as big as they did. Um, and that has implications for a variety of things. One, this child tax credit will you know, um, effectively lift 40, 50% of kids out of poverty, man. That's huge. And there are implications for state and local governments where we'll get a, a chunk of money that will hopefully allow what I'm pushing for is to uh, cancel all water debt, like anybody who went and, you know, went in debt weren't was unable to pay their bills and defray our, our need to raise water rates as we need to, to to do infrastructure. But if we can get some of this money from the feds, it will allow us to do a lot of cool things to make people's lives easier. So um yeah, professionally, yeah, things are clicking, man. I can't I can't complain. I'm really blessed and humbled that I'm in this position and, and truly thankful, particularly for to eat on and knocking all those doors in those neighborhoods that were less than savory. So uh, much appreciation. Hey, we're safe now. So it's good. Um, I, I got a question for Carlton. Um, I know you've probably been hearing a lot of random advice. So I, I would love to know what is the most, uh, what is the most common bit of advice you keep hearing and how is it landing on you? Uh, meaning, you know, like when you hear it, are you like, yeah, are you, or when you hear it, are you like, yeah, I don't like that, or anywhere well, in between? Luckily, I'm surrounded by those that I actually respect and like, and I'm talking about like people in our age range, um, because I'm, I'm from Greensboro, and the older people in my life are there, so I'm only surrounded by people in my own age range. <clears throat> um, I don't know if I'll be able 
summarize this, but I think you all will catch me. Uh, right now, in this time, it's not about me. And all attention is, I would say, rightfully on the mother because she is doing a lot. I mean, her body's going through all these changes. I mean, it's hard for her to sleep at this point. <clears throat> um, so a lot of catering is rightfully going in that direction. Um, but something that I have not been able to get, something that I know that I need, something that I know that I had before COVID was a thing, was my me time. And we get along quite well in in the house. Um, we're both on our calls or whatever. She's upstairs, I'm downstairs. Um, but the advice that I know that I need to take advantage of is getting back to me time. Um, D-Dine and I met on a triathlon team. And that was a few years ago where... All we did, well, no, all I did in my personal time was was train because, I mean, as we talked about, D-Don, it's like one of the things that, on a psychological level, is the one one of the things you can control. I'm the only one that can make me better, and that me time of me doing that repetitive work really worked wonders for me, and I didn't even know it, and I. It hit me many months into COVID that I didn't have that anymore. And I wasn't doing it anymore because all the races were canceled and all that stuff. So long story short is getting, make, being intentional about my me. Thank you. You know, and I, I debated whether I would share this or not because um, I'm not fully through whatever it is I'm going through. But, um, you know, in speaking to Carlton and, and going to the baby shower this past week, I I got triggered in a way that I, I did not recognize because it was a feeling that I wasn't familiar with. Hmm. And um, I went back to my baby shower or Ella's baby shower. Huh, no, Tamika's baby shower. Um, because... <laughs> I was, and I, I felt like a foreigner in the room. And, and I felt like I was treated like a foreigner in the room. And that's not knocking anybody. Um, but I just felt so alone. You know, I, I felt like there wasn't a voice. The only advice I was getting was get a gun. I was like, I don't even like guns. Um, I mean, I mean, like, not at the baby shower, but like from other, other dads, like, oh, you're having yeah. a daughter, get a gun. And yeah. I was like... I need somebody to talk to. And I didn't really have a space. I'm not from DC, you know? And, um, and most of my, my guys aren't here. And so I just, and, and over this weekend and just in thinking about it, you know, there's just so much that, that happens if you don't. And I, and I think the fact that I was tired and, you know, all the, all the stuff that the physical things that, that, that wear you down and then the mental things can, can, can jump in. But, um, you know, I just say that to say that those first couple months um, are wonderful. 
But when you're exhausted, you, you just have to have, um, you have to have a, a nugget or a space that you remember that like what I perceive to be the situation may not be it, you know? And, and, and if there is somebody or somewhere where you can go that can give you good counsel, even if it's a video chat with somebody thousands of miles away, you know, um, dive into that time because, um, it could be a really lonely place being that third most important person in the house. Or, you know? or, or, or in some cases, the fifth or the tenth. Listen, I was like fifth and there was only three of us. That's like, what I'm saying, know? right? That's it's what I'm right. saying. And, you know, we, you know, adding levity, you know, to, to the conversation, but it's a real emotion to feel empty in a room full of people. To feel unheard in silence, to be the loudest and no one is listening or no one cares, right? Because you go through a litany of emotions where there is doubt, there could be self-hatred, there could be disdain for the mother of your child, for the mother-in-law, like all of this in the course of five minutes. And all you did was just go get some juice. Right. And it's like you could be sitting there in your nice pressed shirt and your nice slacks because you want to show up and show out. But somebody's going to come and be like, hey, go ahead and get that speaker from the car. We need you. You ain't having no baby. Go lift it. And it's just like. You get to a point where. That doesn't matter anymore. And that was sort of like an awakening for me because, you know, Fiza and I would talk about. You know, you go out in public with the baby and people are like, oh, look at the dad wanting to be a part of the kid's life and do this. And when I go out, it's just like doing a mom thing. And there was a, a process. I had to process that and just be like, I hear you. But can I have some shine? Like, is that OK? Can I get a little bit of shine? But then I remember, you know, one thing that my parents told my dad told me when I was younger is don't expect to get credit for the stuff that you're supposed to do. Exactly. You know, and then I thought about what Chris Rock said and that I take care of my kids. Like, fool, you supposed to. Right? And so that is when you start adding layers to this book. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm okay without being recognized. That's not my role. Right? That's not my role. And you'll get to that point. And that's just an awakening. Like, you'll be triggered at different points, right? Like, you'll go to another baby shower with your two kids, and it's just like, dang, I ain't really saying nothing to that brother over there. <laughs> I remember that. But that's just a part of this process, man. And there's nothing wrong with it, and there's nothing right about it. D, why you laughing, man? Why you laughing at me? <laughs> because, so I would get the flip side, which is, I would argue just as bad. Oh, that, that baby looks just like you. You could never deny that child. I was like, so you, you think my plan was deni- <laughs> to deny the kid? Like, exactly. and, and you think because you said that you foiled my plan? Like, exactly. what's going on? <laughs> that um, baby does look like you. <laughs> so, oh, man, you think so? <sighs> I mean, um, I, Go ahead, Dave. I was going to say, I don't think all is lost, though. I mean, I think that... I'm not, I'm not painting what y'all are saying as doom and gloom. No. But I, but I, I think not. that... From, from Carlton's perspective, and for us all, I think I may have mentioned this the first time we spoke, 
is that is important to like the, the triathlons are canceled, but man, you got to take time for yourself, whatever that looks like. I tell parents, I, I mainly focus on, you know, mothers when I'm in the clinic space, but parents in general, particularly in this time of COVID, that's important. You might not be able to do the t- full two, three hour workout, but you might, you just got to carve out some, some you time yeah. to recharge. Cause it's hard to give when you, when, when you're not receiving or you're not replenished, you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, earlier today, I mean, I just had to, for example, shorten my little bike ride to just so I can do a couple things, had a meeting and to be able to hang up the daughter for a little bit, but I had to do the bike ride, like regardless, like if I don't do that, then, then it's like not eating or what have you. So I, I would encourage you to continue to to, to to find something and find a way, like Dion said, you know, it might be just chatting with somebody a thousand miles away or it might just be doing a few push-ups, sit-ups or what have you, but do do the things that make you feel normal that allow you to give and be able to to have that grace and be more content with sort of the new role that you, you may fall into. Right. So on a brighter side, fellas, um, each of you, and, and I know you guys individually, um, are pretty humble. Um, but but this, this question is not for that. I want to know what makes you, and Carlton, in your case, what will make you a great dad? Right? This is, this, this, this is that time to, to be honest. Like, and, and, you know, yeah, I don't want to jinx myself, but nah. Like, what are those things? Um, and B, it might be your willingness to be there to be that first coach and, and Harris, that, that ability to give that advice. But I want to know from your perspective, like real talk, what is it that you're proud of to, to offer your children that makes you a great dad? And while you guys think about it, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, I think of myself as creative. Like I can't draw. I can't. Um, not as it relates to art. But as it pertains to games, as it pertains to ideas for outings or even just creating a story. And and I love opportunities to bring my full, you know, creativity to Ella. You know, it might be a dance contest or even just going out and having a water balloon fight in, in the park. But I just love the idea of being able to dig into that bag and, and to kind of do something that my kid will see as magical. You know, maybe it just means me ordering something from Walmart or or Amazon and waiting a couple of days. But to her, it was a spontaneous water balloon fight that, that just came out of nowhere. And, and so I'm, I'm excited and happy to bring that and all the iterations that, as she grows older. So mine is in that same lane with, of creativity is to, prov- to I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, providing the space for my child to be creative. I'm a, I grew up basically, my sister is six years older than me. So it's kind of like being an only child, even though. We, we definitely had a real, very real dope relationship, but I grew up with Legos. I grew up, my grandfather was a photographer and in his spare time, I had a wood shop and my sister was very creative. So we just were allowed to be creative. And I grew up with Legos and just watching movies all the time. So my imagination would just go wild and I am looking forward to allowing that space to exist for my child. That's amazing. That is. Yeah. I would say safety and security. And that's such a deep question because, you know, I automatically go to, so, so Harris, why did you go there? But, um, 
I remember when I was about 10, I used to spend my summers in Greensboro, North Carolina with uh, my sister, brother-in-law, my brother. And they, <laughs> you know, child labor laws be damned. They had me kicking in carpet with them <laughs> over the summer. And uh, both my brother-in-law and my brother, they said, look, you know, every man needs to know a trade because, you know, if you ever find yourself in the outs, um, there's something that you could do. Uh, and it just, it, it's just something that was rooted in my psyche. Uh, just at all, at any given moment, you know, I have to be able to make sure that, you know, my, my family's safe and secure. And there's a, you know, there's a part about us, you know, being Panamanian and West African where at a, at a bare minimum, we know we'd never be homeless. Even if we're in a transition state, uh, yeah, I'll stay with auntie or, or uncle so-and-so, which is weird because like a lot of my American friends are like, no, you got to be able to do it all by yourself. Yeah. And it is, it's like, whoa, you, but you have a community and it's just, it's just a different kind of cultural thing. So, uh, at one point I was like, is something wrong with me? Uh, just because, you know, again, you know, around my American brothers and sisters, they were just kind of like, no, nah, you need to be able to do it yourself. But now I realize, no, it's, it's something that I want to provide and I'm proud of it. Um, and I'd be, I'd be damned if, if there's ever a moment when I can't. That's real. Be sick, stand up. He. <laughs> North Carolina. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> His name is P.D. Pablo. No. Dave, brag a little bit. Tell us, tell us what makes you a great dad, bro. Oh, man, all the greens in the house. Like, I think Harris, one of his favorite groups is Little Brother Mine, too, man. Uh, every time I get on 95 South heading in Atlanta, I throw it on, and it's, it's my joint. Um, but sorry for the, for the digression. Um, I, I think um, it's going to address something that Dion said at the, at the anniversary episode. He saw it as a negative, the fact that, I don't know the phrase you used, Dion, you have to correct me. Not hiding in fatherhood, but this notion that you kind of let other things go by the wayside to, and, and you know, you hold up this moniker of being a father. I don't see it as a negative, dude, man. I, like, I'm, I'm realizing now, you know, both seeing it professionally, you know, my work as a pediatrician and then, you know, bringing it home, like these moments you have are just fleeting and they go so fast. As Carlton mentioned, like you're talking about the seven year old that just grew up overnight, but, but the, the time and effort that you pour into kids is just huge. Um, and for me, that, that would be it. I think there are multiple, many things that I can do. Um, there are many meetings I can take, uh, but I have a firm, like, you know, daddy duty clause. I mean, even in, even in scheduling the meeting for this podcast, I told Dina I can't do it <laughs> at this particular hour because I'm on daddy duty. Uh, that goes for, you know, patient work. It goes for city council stuff personal stuff like you know there's some things that yeah point out, and i don't have a whole lot of time but man i i, I try to be protective of that that time that i that i do have with her if it's you know she's she certainly knows how to be a great chef i do most of the cooking in the crib and she can rattle off recipes left and right that's what we do on saturdays um we do our walks and yeah it's just it's, it's time man um i don't know if she'll remember it you know age two probably not but 
I know I will, um, and taking these moments in. And if that means I, I miss a meeting or two, I, you know, don't progress uh, professionally, whatever, like whatever. This is, it's, it's huge. So hats off to you, Dina. I don't see it as a negative. I think it's a positive. I'm certainly trying to emulate what you do. I appreciate that. That's dope. What is she again? Dave. Dave, how old is your daughter? Almost three. Oh, she's going to remember that. <laughs> Even if she does, it doesn't. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just living it up, man. It's, it's cool. Watch these videos of when you were two. <laughs> <laughs> like, for example, we had had this last minute meeting that popped up, had some other stuff going, but they like strawberry picking is happening, right? And they had a limited time, mm-hmm. you know, up the street. This is, uh, I can do it in the show notes, but Butler's Orchard, they give you a calendar of what's available, and you know that just, you know, we spent that hour. I could have been, you know. For example, I could have been on the bike. I could have been taking a meeting, but we're gonna go out there in the hot sun and pick strawberries, and that just, yeah, that 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 was huge. That was dope. I never forget. I never regret that. That's so funny because we did that on Sunday. Yeah, we did we two weeks ago. Some, uh, some strawberries, and uh, yeah, it's real, man. What they might forget, and what you will never forget. I would tell you one of the best teachers that's guided my parenting came by way of me being a teacher, period. You know, I've taught over a thousand kids. All of those kids could have been my kids. So every day I could not see, but I identified that I was refining my my parenting skills just as a kindergarten teacher and a third grade teacher, a fifth grade teacher. And one thing that I learned was how to be resourceful and using read alouds to take kids to far off places, how to use different diction and voices to pull kids into a story, how to make something so unattainable, achievable. And that is my engagement with Nas and Sadia. Um, My time spent with them is helping them to see being resourceful in action. Like, what does that look like as far as engaging with the community, engaging with the environment, engaging with your mother? But what does it also look like when you don't have a drumstick, but you use the remote control as a drumstick, right? Like, that's the imagination. And so I want them to be able to know that their way of getting to what they deem as successful is a path that they chart And the best way for them to do it is the best way that they feel. And so um, that's that's one of the things that I want my my kids to be able to take. Like, it's funny because this is also a trait that my dad had. It's funny. Here's here's a funny quick story. My dad had a hog head cheese man back in Milwaukee growing up. And I'm like, every couple of weeks, he would come in with this block of hog head cheese. Now, for y'all that don't know, hog head cheese is all of the pieces of the hog that don't make it in the hot dogs. It is oh. not something I would highly, I would not recommend <laughs> it. It is really gross, but it's gelatinous and they put it in this cheese and listen, it's good. <laughs> it's good. Okay. I mean, okay. I mean, Carl's looking at me, and you from Greensboro. Wait. Hey, don't get it twisted. You got Wait. somebody in your generational family lineage that oh, know all right. about the hog head. 
I know my family is from my 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 mother's side is from Mississippi, so that's further down. I get it. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, 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 medical doctor Dave. Yes. No. 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 True. 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 But I say all of that to say, help us. His resourcefulness was: if we needed a mechanic, if we needed somebody to do this in the house, like he he always knew somebody. And he had a hoghead cheese man. So, Bruh, if you got a hoghead cheese man, you got everything else. Everything. Man. Everything. Everything. Fair enough. Okay, fellas. So, Father's Day is upon us. But we would be remiss if we were to even suggest that, that this journey is, is ours alone. How um, does your relationship impact, um, if at all, your fatherhood journey? Relationship with who? I'll let you answer it however you want. So while y'all are thinking, I'll, I'll start since I knew the question was here. Ella's mother, Tamika, and I have a really interesting opportunity, right? We're not together, but we have the opportunity to show her civility. You know, um, there's so many examples of these warring factions, which are parents that aren't together. And, and it's almost the default, whether it's the reality or not, but, but let TV show us it's the default. And we endeavor on our good days and, you know, fall short on our bad days, but we endeavor to show her um, parents that support her and each other, right? Like, you know, there was a time when it was good to, yeah, I never said anything bad about such and such, but I want to take it a, a step past and, and actually celebrate Ella's mom. Um, in front of Ella. Now, there are times when that's easy and there are times when that's hard. Uh, and, and I'm sure there are times when she's like, mm, I'm just going to smile and clench my teeth. Um, but your dad is your dad, you know? Um, but I think our ability to show Ella that even if a relationship doesn't work, there's still value there. Um, I think that, can sh that she can take that, that lesson to shape, um, you know, hopefully quality relationships um, as she grows older, when she chooses to enter. I would say for us, my, my girls, they see us laugh. Like Mallory and I, clown. And I, I feel like that's just important for them to see. I feel, um, I feel like somewhere along the lines, I, I held on to this notion that you know, if we can get to a point where we can 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 laugh through something about something uh, as we grow through something, um, we'll be all right. And uh, how does it affect the journey? It, it just gives me hope because we do laugh and the girls see that. And even when things get tense, a good laugh is not too far around the corner. But not that Jay-Z laugh that Brian was talking about last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, no. <laughs> nah, that's, that's what's up. I, I would say for me, um, spending family time with each other, right? We are intentional about eating dinner at the same time. We are intentional about um, making sure that we are talking to each other and speaking with each other. I, you know, I had this moment while we were out picking 
picking uh, strawberries. That was the first time all four of us were out together for a year. And it was the first moment of normalcy. But the kids had no care in the world. And what that meant was, regardless of what factors that are out there that can prevent us from being able to engage, we're still a family. Like our unit goes wherever we go. And it was funny because, you know, if you, if, if any of you have ever gone to a strawberry patch, there's a, a long, narrow row of strawberries and then pathway, strawberries pathway. So, of course, my son wanted to go over one of the pathways to it. It was muddy. And I'm like, man, I ain't messing up my Nikes. And he was just like, look, <laughs> I want to go. Let's do it, daddy. And I'm like, you know what? Forget these shoes. Like, I'm just at a point right now. Listen, ain't nobody stunting on no shoes. Let's go. And we went over there and we picked strawberries. and In your socks. Listen. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want to talk about it. But at the end of the day, it's family time, man. Appreciate it. You obviously no don't own Butter Tim's. Not anymore. Uh, nope. <laughs> Nike's and Adidas. <laughs> Dave, what about you, bro? How does your relationship impact your fatherhood journey? It's interesting. You, you spoke about being in a relationship where you and the mom aren't together. And that's how I grew up. I mean, my parents were separated when I was three Divorced when I was six. And it was weekend visits from then on out until we moved, you know, I moved to Atlanta. He was still in Chicago. And, um, you know, I, I, growing up, I was very critical of my dad for a variety of reasons. None of them earned. He, I think he, you know, on, on balance actually did a, a, as good a job as, as anybody could do given this, this situation. Um, but the more I, you know, as I'm, I'm kind of assuming this role of fatherhood, I'm, I'm really um, amazed how how well he kept it together, um, d- despite all the challenges that that presented themselves. So I, I think uh, part of that was to the point you raised, you down about you know both my parents were civil around each other, even when they weren't around, even when there was reason not to be civil. Um, and the extended families were similarly civil. Like my grandparents on both sides uh, said nothing ill about either parent. So for me, growing up in a in, in a household where parents are getting married multiple times, it wasn't. I never felt weird or like the outcast uh, of the family per se. Um, so yeah, it, it really and, and, and sort of learning from 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 both my parents, specifically my, my dad, how he navigated that situation, um, uh, doing the best he could with what he had. Um, yeah. yeah, that's 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 what I'm taking from him. I'm certainly trying to emulate certainly parts of of the example he led. So keep up the great work, D-Dot, man. Hey. Carlton, what do you think? Um, I think I think growth is what's going to be impactful or where, where my, my impacts will be. Um, Sean and I, we can be on the opposite ends of things but we know how, and we know how to 
problem solve and get to the root of where things are and getting to that root can expand your capacity for patience and grace and all that stuff. So, and that's just growth to me. So I think um, one thing that, uh, one impact from the relationship will be growth in my fatherhood journey. That's or huge. Or my capabilities. Sure. What do you all think about all kids being winners? Have you already covered this in the, in the podcast? No, 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 no. Listen, this is an ongoing conversation. Yeah. So, one of the things that, that we talk about is, is defining a win, right? Um, and, and I'm similar to Brian in that your performance is less important to me but did you shake hands with the coach? Did you help pick up the tennis balls or the rackets? Did you stay to the end? You know, we don't quit unless you are physically unable or somebody making, or unless this is not a safe space. So like operating within certain preset guidelines, uh, I'm fine. Um, everything else. I don't, I'm not crazy about the everybody's a, a winner type thing. Ella came home from school today and she was talking about this competition. Like it was a tie. I was like, a what? Yeah. I was like, there's no tie in dodgeball. You either get hit in the face or you don't. Nope. <laughs> Somebody's got to go down. But, it, you know, it, it's a newfangled um, kind of approach. Really sure how I feel about. So I really focus on those other parameters, which to me determine you know, because, because those are the character building things. I don't uh, believe in, uh, no, I'm there. <laughs> Second place is the first loser. Like, but there's that fine line of being able to encourage, inspire, instead of break down and destroy. And so I want my son and my daughter to be able to see a participation trophy as, as just a piece of plastic, right? Don't do it for the accolades, right? Because if you live for the cheers, you're going to die by the booze. Mm. So what it becomes is internally instilling in them that if your coach needed you for 20 minutes, how much did you give? That's it, right? Like, that's how I want to formulate their understanding around their engagement with anything that they do, right? Like, it's not about the grade if you did your best. It's not about the accolade if you tried the hardest. And at the end of the day, sometimes you will come in second. But if you gave your best, you're first to me. So that's what I want to instill. Because my, my, my parents were that way too, but I had coaches that did the opposite. It's like, you need to be winning. You're too big to be losing. You should be lifting more weights. And so once I got to those pinnacles, it's just like, what now? So then I was never satisfied. So it was this constant battle. And I don't want that for my kids. But you definitely ain't getting no dog participation trophy or no ribbon. Go ahead and get that back to the coach. Mm -mm. I, I'd agree. I think that it, 
there was a generation of kids that were shielded from failure. And I think that sets them up for failure. They don't know what to do if and when it occurs. And it, it can resort in, in sort of the rise of some of the behaviors. I mean, some of the educators could speak on this. You know, the cheating behaviors and kids just doing anything to get the A. And that's not, the, it's about the process. Right. And I think kids should, should, be, should learn what loss and um, what it feels like to, to fail. But again, to the point that Dita raised, like, you know, and it's similar with Brian, like, if you give it your best, that's all you can do. If you come up short, that's, it just is what it is. That's okay. And we and, and the love doesn't change from a parent's perspective, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so long as you and it, even if you don't give your best, you, it's a it's a it's a lesson to be learned. But yeah, so love doesn't change. Failure is okay if you give your best, and that's yeah. that's all you can do. That reminds me of something that I heard you say like on the last episode, D Don, is how you you tell Ella, okay, you have a situation in front of you. What are you going to What are you going to do to get past that situation over that hurdle? What, how are you going to navigate around this or with this situation? And if you lose today, okay, what can you do next time so that you have a better chance of winning tomorrow? Absolutely. What's your plan? What is your plan? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's really similar to my approach. Uh, It's, I say they're winners and learners. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you lost, you lost. But what'd you learn? <laughs> <laughs> Brian said, "Don't be no yeah, learner." I was like, man, listen, no, nah, you ain't coaching none of my kids. Like, you they know. lost by 112 points. That's 112 push-ups. Let's go. Yeah, okay. You, I, you can do all today. that too, but I also want to know what you <laughs> learned. So it's next actually, time, y'all repeat. <laughs> exactly. There was a uh, one of the grandmasters, the youngest grandmaster at chess. I think it's a guy who immigrated. I can't remember for what country. Somewhere in Brooklyn, I think the. The family was experiencing like homelessness or what have you. I saw that. Yeah, and he was like, "Yo, there's no losses. It's only learning. It's winning and learning." And I thought, "Wow, this is coming from a grand this kid who's so you know good at his craft." Um, said winning and learning. So great job, Harrisman. There's there's certain people who live in what other people would consider a constant state of loss. Um, You know, especially like if you work with underserved communities, you know. We just got to be careful sometimes with the words we use. But uh, I would also, like, I didn't do a lot of sports. Like, it was, you know, I did a little, some, a little bit of um, karate. But I was in theater. I, and from a theater perspective, you know, if you suck, your director's going to tell you. He's going to yell at you on stage and say, you're a bad actor. You know, <laughs> so like, you know, um, and, you know, if you have a bad show, you know, it's not about being number one. It's about, um, you know, learning your craft. You know, so, you know, the, the direct question is how do I feel, feel about it is, you know, it's, it's all about being in a state of learning or sharpening your craft, um, becoming better. Um, you know, so. So my last question, fellas, is Father's Day. Who are you celebrating and why? Since you've been going first. Are you celebrating yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's A's. That's a wonderful thing. Somebody's got to do it. Um, But uh, I am 
Every Father's Day, I celebrate my father, C. Edmund Fairley. Um, man, a few words. Um, that's my dad. I love him. Um, I wouldn't be here without him. And um, I'm grateful to have him. Uh, we mentioned, or Dave, you mentioned earlier, just selflessness. And I mean, these are the things that I think about when I think about a father is selflessness, sacrifice, prioritizing, enterprising, fostering, structured love. I mean, it's like that's that's my father. He probably he probably wouldn't give himself that much credit, but uh, I'm celebrating you, sir. Thank you. And I love you. So <laughs> I'm celebrating Dr. Dobbins. So uh, Dr. Dobbins is out of Dayton, Ohio. Uh, this brother, I don't know, have y'all ever just been around somebody and their mere presence just makes you feel like everything's going to be okay? Um, yeah. I've been, he has just been on my mind for the last couple of months. And um, I, I need to just go ahead and call him. But the way I would describe his his feeling is when you see him, his face always looks like he's basking in sunshine for a moment. You know, like when when you just go outside in the morning and the sun hits your face and it's just like, ah, that that's how I would describe the feeling is being around him. And I've actually found myself in like in stressful moments, you know, what would WW Dr. Dobbins do, <laughs> you know? Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm lifting up Dr. Dobbins this year and uh, I'm going to give him that call. That's dope. Mine's is quick. No Father's Day can go past without me thinking about my dad. Um, you know, I'd love for him to be here, always in need of advice, uh, always in need of some guidance. And, you know, what I wouldn't give to have one of those handshake, firm hugs. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, when you live out of state and you can't pay your respects to you know, his, his resting place on, on this day. Um, it makes it that much, that much tougher. Um, you know, so love you, dad. I know you are watching down. Um, so yeah. So I'm celebrating the, the memory of, uh, Mr. Rahim Muhammad. Uh, Mr. Muhammad, uh, was my best friend Saladin's father uh, growing up. And, you know, I think of him a lot, Brian, when you talk about raising interfaith children. Mm-hmm. While um, Saladin's whole family was Muslim, the way he practiced his faith taught me how to be a better Christian. Mm. You know, because you practicing your faith he made space for me to have mine. You know, there was no either or. Um, There was, you know, there was love. There was the example. There was, these are the rules in my house. And I'm not not shy about those. But you are welcome in in, in my home. And he was a, you know, I, I use the term a community father. 
because there were so many kids who didn't have a father around. And this cat was a carpenter, so he was always doing work. But like, it was always somebody coming to him for advice, somebody who wanted to talk to him, somebody who just kind of wanted to be around. Um, and he was just a, an example of quiet leadership and a willingness to show those who didn't know what fatherhood looked like, how it operated. And, and I'll always be appreciative of that. That's real. Dave, did you have uh, someone who you wanted to, to give a, a brief shout to? Certainly. And this is in keeping with some of the comments I made before. I never really lifted up my dad for, for much. It, it was just an expectation that he was there. You know, he provides a child support check. If, uh, even growing up to the point that Harris made, uh, he was a kind of a jack of all trades. So if anything ever happened in the crib, like my heart, water heater's not working, the heat's not on, I can always call him up. He just had this, this uncanny skill to be able to diagnose stuff over the phone, you know, um, and help me troubleshoot. And he was just really good with his hands. He was always there. Never, you know, there was, there was never any resentment about that. Um, so, yeah, something to celebrate him. Uh, as well as all the fathers who were just trying to make it work in the so so called atypical situation, so I you know lift up folks like Didon too who were who were making it happen in a so so called non traditional setup, which I think is more traditional than anything else moving forward. Just making it up, figuring it out as you do it. Um, strong word to to you, pops and and Didon. Keep keep doing what you do. You're an inspiration to us all. Perfect. Thanks, buddy. All right, well, fellas. This, this has been a wonderful show, man. Um, it gave me a lot to think about. Like every time y'all were speaking, I know just deep down inside, it was like, yeah, you know, that's another perspective. That's another perspective. So just much respect. So as uh, if you've been listening to the show, you know, this is the point where we just take a quick moment as we wrap up to uh, yeah, just spend a quick moment talking about what is giving us inspiration. So, fellas, what's giving you inspiration and and or something you're looking forward to these days? Uh, as much as I hate mosquitoes, I, I am so glad the sun is back out and uh, being able to stand in the sun in the morning and just let it beat on my face. Uh, it just it just it, it refills my soul. So uh, I'm looking forward to every day just going outside and just letting the sun um, beat on me and, and, you know, just recharge me for the next day to be a better father, be a better person. So yesterday, Ella and I had one of our dance parties. And uh, if, you, if you know me, we've been doing dance parties since she was two or three. And, um, you know, I'm always waiting for me to be deemed not cool enough to... Uh, for her to dance with. But, you know, yesterday was just a reminder that she's getting bigger, she's getting older, she's getting more mature, but I still got a dance partner for a little bit longer. And uh, that, that brings me a lot of joy. So I never thought that this was gonna happen because I'm skeptical of all of these new fads. <laughs> but boy, let me tell you, Peloton is the ish, Jack. I was opposed. I was like, listen, somebody up top said we are going to put a TV on a bike and charge <laughs> all of this money. I ain't going to be that dude. Listen, 
We got it five days ago. I've been riding for five days. It is definitely something that has kicked up my uh, commitment to health because it's so much easier to get a 30-minute ride and a 20-minute ride, a a 45-minute ride. And then I realized how long it took me to lift weights, right? Taking plates on and off and doing a circuit and a high intensity and all of this. And it is definitely something that, listen, that first day, man, I wasn't ready. I was like, look, let me just go ahead and do this scenic route for beginners. Bruh, 10 minutes in, I was like, look, man, we're going to take this back. This ain't working. <laughs> this ain't working. This ain't it. This seat I think hurt. my insides are on fire. Yeah, I think my <laughs> insides is fighting, Jack. <laughs> But five days in, um, and uh, my endurance is is definitely growing over the course of five days. And and um, you know, for all our listeners, you can find me on Peloton at Dad Jeans One. Um, you know, because again, it's just a commitment of why am I committing to my health? It's for the betterment of my kids, and it all sparked with the commitment to the brothers that are doing the Dad Jeans podcast. So just in honor of just paying it forward. I ride for my kids, but I also ride for, for my boys. So yeah, man, it's giving me inspiration. I've been sleeping better. Um, the knees don't hurt as much, but I still miss flipping over tires and sledgehammers. And I still miss that. I still miss that. So but anyways, I'm riding this bike. Congratulations, bro. I haven't heard one I, I, ever of you. Hey, go ahead. There you go. We, 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 we can do it together. Oh, I don't have the space or <laughs> the means today. <laughs> I'm with you in spirit. Yeah, there, there we go. Hey, hey, funny story. Dedon, Dedon told me about some doggone biking shorts. I was like, man, I ain't wearing no biking shorts. He's like, man, look, they will help you with that hard bike seat. And I was like, yeah, I need them. I need, I need them shorts. Yes, I do. Yeah, like, it's not a game out there. Chicken. <laughs> hey, your, exactly. your, bottom, your bottom was built different 40 years ago. <laughs> Racing that my man in undergrad about like because I got into cycling some years ago. Yeah, he used to wear spandex. Like the only brother at Morehouse in spandex. I was like, absolutely not. But that first ride, bro, I got like five different. I got winter sets, summer sets. (laughs) I got oh the 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 trick is like this stuff called um, the lotion. Like you gotta you gotta grease the insides, be to to keep to cut down the check the chafing. That's that's pro tip, homie. And man, For the fans, uh, Dr. Miles is going to give us a video that we'll add in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Summer sex. Uh, chafing 101. Yeah, man. That's real. The chafe That's is real. real. Yes, you it is. I don't want it to is. make that mistake. Yes. <laughs> so, in terms of inspiration, I, I sent Dion a couple photos. Um, again, I mentioned that we are a little more conservative with regard to our uh, COVID and getting out and it's come to a head, particularly around uh, family, like elders and cousins at my age, younger elders that are older who are refusing to get immunized. And it's, as my boy says, it's like, you're my COVID list or you're not like I, I kick it with you. Or you're not, you know what I mean? And it's, it's led to some very difficult conversations and consternation. But I have a cousin a year younger than myself, um, a, a woman and, you know, just the, the, the misinformation is real. And she she was kind of uh, reporting some of it to me. But we, we had a vaccination, a COVID immunization clinic at my church uh, a few weeks ago. 
and who showed up was Kizzy Corbett, which was one of the people at the NIH who helped develop the Moderna immunization. Um, and I took a picture with her there. I, I sent it to Dina. Feel free to throw in the show notes. She's cool with it. Um, the, the shirt she's wearing, it says, I think it says, a black girl will save the world. So I, 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 I sent this to my cousin. And she's like, I never knew it was a black woman who helped develop the immunization. So yeah, and that, that changed it for her. So she got the immunization. You know what I mean? So that that gives me inspiration. I still got three other family members I'm working on. And the only thing I would I would say, if you have family members or friends in similar situations to those listening, be patient, be kind, be a source of information. Tell the truth. You know, you don't want to be you want to oversell things and um but we have to we have to get as many of our people immunized as much as possible, how by any means necessary. Um uh so yeah, have grace and you know, keep keep at it. You never know. Um, like I said, a black girl will save the world, as as the shirt set reads. That's what gives me inspiration. I think for me, there are a number of things. Um, every uh, I work from home, and I'm flanked by some kids. And the next door neighbor has a trampoline in the front yard. And every day, they will just get out there and jump and be kids outside on this trampoline. And there's just laughter, fun, and youthfulness that uh, is very enjoyable to hear. So that's giving me inspiration. Um, Sean and her journey into motherhood and everything she's having to endure to get uh, to the to bring our baby into this world is definitely inspiring to see on a minute-by-minute basis because things are changing so rapidly these days. Um, So that's awe-inspiring. And um, I'm looking forward to, one, her being out of the discomfort (laughs) uh, uh, of, of this phase of things. Um, and I'm also clearly and obviously looking forward to uh, the little baby. That's... Yeah, don't. I was about to say, don't sit there and be like, don't say the gender. Oh Can no, you... no, no, okay. oh, no. We don't. We don't know. We don't. Okay. We really okay. legit okay. don't know. Um. So yeah, <clears throat> we 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 want a boy. I tell you straight up, we want a boy. But you know, really, we want we all we care about is healthy and a boy. Um. Um, <laughs> Name Carlton. Carlton Junior. <laughs> We're good there. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, we got a decent. We got a strong name assigned, or you know, designated for either for, way. for both. For both. Yeah. Well, yeah. Nice. Very nice. I mean, we're. It might, I will, maybe we're not set in stone, but I'm pretty sure we are. We are. We're good with where where we are right now. Nice, very nice. But uh, yeah, we're 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 both looking forward to that. Uh, and yep, life's journey, the next chapter for us. Real talk. It's gonna be great. Well, fellas, this has been fun. Uh, this has not only been the first time at it with two guests, um, but it's also been the the first time where we've been able to. St- to to help a father to be uh, know that he's not alone, and to help fathers in the midst of it know that we're not alone. And so, not only is this a bro- it's a brotherhood, this is also a commitment to 
ourselves and to each other. And we are grateful for each and every one of y'all. And as y'all know, this has been the Dad Genes Podcast. And we thank you all for celebrating with us for our Father's Day episodes with special guest, Dr. David Miles and dad-to-be Carlton. As you know, we love our listeners and we love to hear your feedback, even if you disagree. Uh, But we want y'all to agree as well. But please hit us up and send any questions, any thoughts, any encouraging words for Carlton to info at dadjeanspodcast.com. Don't forget you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Dad Jeans Podcast. And as always, if you heard something that you liked, um, please subscribe, share with your family and friends, and know that you can always rate us. And we are looking Five for stars. Five stars? Five stars. I've always wanted to say that. Here's your game. No, no, no. Go for it. Go for it, Brett. You got it. You got it. Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> so, uh, but again, thanks again for tuning in. This is another Dad Jeans podcast episode. And we are out. Till next time. Peace. 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 Happy Peace. Father's Day. Happy you give us four Day. stars. You're a hater. Yeah, you give us four stars, you are getting participation trophies. <laughs> <laughs>